Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. We're going to have nothing but propaganda in many of our schools. I've seen teachers tell children that they are girls trapped in boys' bodies. Remember, the Bible speaks extensively about a coming lawlessness. For the most part, it was far-left agitators pushing the violence. You know, our founders told us there's only one way to keep a free republic. You have to have a well-educated and moral citizenry. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles, of course, at our website at missionamerica.com, but also on the American Family Association's blog, The Stand, on lifesitenews.com, on wnd.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. The transgender issue is at the top of the headlines. I'm sure many of you know this uh, these days, and it's both bad news and some good news. And uh, here, here's the issue. Some, it seems that some people who are in authority influencing these vulnerable lives are finally opening their eyes to some extent to reality, but not all. So my guest today is very much in tune with the latest on this issue because he reports on this on a regular basis. Brandon Showalter is an esteemed writer and reporter at the Christian Post, and you can find him at christianpost.com. Welcome back to Mission America Radio, Brandon. Thank you, Linda. Good to be with you again. Um, You have written so much about the unfolding tragedy of the gender mutilation of so many children. Uh, So I wanted to to update us today on where we are on this. So we'll just go through some of the events that are that have been unfolding in recent months. So tell us about some of the bills that are um, actually many are being are successful, but of course, not all of them on the issue of boys playing girls sports on the medical treatment of children, minor children with opposite sex hormones and puberty blockers and, and so on. So give us an update on some of that. 
Right. So uh, this year, uh, a number of bills have been introduced in mostly Republican, I think in all Republican-led states uh, throughout the South and some in the West, uh, Midwest. I think in Ohio, you guys uh, have yes. one as well. We do. Um, but it is, it, people are waking up to the harms that are done with regard to the medicalized gender transition, which, as you rightly call it, is gender mutilation, because um, these drugs set young people, often whom are autistic or have other mental health comorbidities, who are already struggling down a path toward irreversible damage and sterility and all these things. And so people are finally uh, getting it because the mass media has not been reporting on this accurately. It's only through conservative-leaning and Christian outlets that are actually telling the truth about the body. So these bills, um, one of them was in Arkansas that was just approved by both chambers. Lawmakers um, overwhelmingly voted to approve a ban on this kind of thing. And Unless Governor Asa Hutchinson vetoes it, it will become law. And not accepting Sunday, Monday is, I think, the fifth day, according to state law in that state. Um, there are other states. Alabama, I think, is on the cusp of doing something soon. And uh, there are a handful of others. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a brutal fight, even in conservative states, because of the economic pressure that is brought to bear. These big corporate entities lobby uh, states to not pass these laws because then they threaten to withhold opening up new facilities in their states where it could be economically lucrative or with a sports thing. There's, you know, the NCAA makes a lot of noise. That was recently kind of what Christy Nome was dealing with in South Dakota. But concurrent with these bills to ban this medical experimentation on on children, um, there there are also efforts to ban males who identify as transgender from participating in female sports uh, following Idaho's lead last year, which instituted a similar ban. The ACLU has threatened to sue uh, these states that have done this, as they have in Idaho, and that case is now being litigated in federal court. It'll probably make its way up to the Supreme Court. Um, and the only other interesting note that I would just say that I think is a watershed moment in this particular issue is that uh, for the first time that I've seen, we have a Democrat lawmaker in South Carolina, Cesar McKnight, put his name on a bill to ban this gender transition of minors. He's an African-American guy. And that's just huge because I think um, many people don't realize this, but much of the mass media has framed this issue as a left versus right kind of fight, Republicans versus Democrats kind of thing. And to this point, we have seen it's only been Republican lawmakers that have raised the alarm about this. But I can tell you as a journalist that I hear from Democrats, radical feminists, even some gays and lesbians who are absolutely incensed and outraged that this is being done in their name. There is much left-wing opposition against, um, against this kind of thing, but you just wouldn't know it if you watch the mainstream media because they can't get a voice. They've been subjected to a near-total media blackout on this subject. Well, that is absolutely true, Brandon. This is a many surveys have shown that this is uh, you yeah. know political surveys that this is a winning issue for politicians because it goes it's bipartisan. Right. So Democrat lawmakers, I think more and more we're going to see more come on board on this. Um, in case you're yeah. just joining us, friends, we're talking with Brandon Showalter, who is an esteemed and very accomplished writer, uh, covers the gender confusion. Uh, issue and uh, writes for the uh, uh, the um, Christian Post, and you can find him at christianpost.com. Uh, 
so I want to move to uh, this case in Canada, though, because this is a bellwether about what may be unfolding if we continue to be under such tyranny by the, the small margin of leftist politicians in this country and courts um, that, that dictates this. Tell us about Robert Hoagland and his situation. Well, Robert Hoogland is a dad up in British Columbia, Vancouver area, that has been contending against this the medicalization of his teenage daughter who's been put on testosterone. She was, you know, subjected to uh, what they call SOGI, sexual orientation and gender identity lessons um, that are implemented in Canada, similar to what is going on here in the United States. Um, from what I understand, the school... Uh, when she this this daughter identified as trans, the school was very evasive and called this daughter by a new name, and the new name appeared in a yearbook. And Robert was shielded, for he was not, you know, informed about all of these changes. And he's now separated from his, uh, I guess, ex-wife, who seems to be supportive of the transition. This daughter, um, and she was put on testosterone. And there have been, it's a really messy separation or divorce. I'm not sure what the exact marital status is there, but um, uh, Robert Hoogland has been gagged from showing his face to the media, talking to the media, at least in Canada. And he's referred to as, I think, CD in court documents. And so there's, there's just so much suppression of thought and truth, especially in Canada. But as an American journalist, I'm printing his name as are others. Um, and he is currently in jail for breaking a gag order for trying to expose this because his daughter is on testosterone, and that was recommended to her by a known gender ideologue psychologist, I believe, by the name of Dr. Wallace Wong. Uh, these psycho doctors and therapists are prescribing cross-sex hormones, these radical – I mean, they're steroids, basically – these radical hormones to um, struggling young people. And it's, it's ruining their bodies. It's compromising their fertility. One of the side effects of these hormones is the foreclosure of fertility. And so you're, you're sterilizing young people, basically. And Hoogland has just been trying to scream about this and broke the gag order last year in an interview with The Federalist. And he's since been doing other things to try and get his face out there in violation of the court-imposed restrictions. Um, and his lawyer has been trying to argue on procedural grounds that when the police arrested him for breaking this uh, gag order, that there was never really any, in, you know, interest in having a trial about all of that, even though there is an upcoming court hearing on, I believe, April 12th. But yeah, so as as far as I know, he is still sitting in a jail cell in in British Columbia, Canada, and he's willing to sort of be a sacrificial lamb for this because um, uh, if parents object to this increasingly, especially in liberal cities and states, and in his case, the Canadian province, they are seen as uh, denying basic medical care, medical neglect, because mm -hmm. they have been able to frame this issue uh, in health care and human rights terms. And so Hoogland is contesting this as in, in a very desperate way, but he's still in jail. Uh, it's so so sad, but, you know, it may take those kinds of uh... Well, it's it's would be called civil disobedience uh, in some ways, right. but it's uh, really a parental rights issue and a healthcare yeah. issue of based on facts. I mean, if they would just follow the science, you would get back mm -hmm. to uh, true care of healthy bodies that children have instead right. of medicalizing uh, emotional problems and delusions. Right is what right. has become the. But so tell us, okay, 
we have a few minutes left in this segment. I want to make sure you have time to cover this. Um, tell us about what happened last fall in the UK, which was a hopeful ruling, and right. there's been some modification of it. But tell us about that, which uh, kind of puts a, a, a new frame on the on the science uh, a little bit uh, on this issue. Right. Yes. In the UK, the Tavistock Clinic, which is the lone gender clinic that's part of their National Health Service, was came under a judicial review, and it was in part brought about a de, by a detransitioner, a, a woman who's, I think, 23 or 24 now, who, as a teenager, took puberty blockers and went on to cross-sex hormones and then had a double mastectomy as a young adult, uh, brought, helped bring the suit against the clinic, saying that she was suffering from all kinds of psychological issues as a teenager and was not in any way mature enough to consent to uh, those radical experimental treatments because uh, she regretted it. And um, she's reintegrated now with her natal sex, but the court thankfully wound up agreeing and criticized many practices within the clinic saying that they weren't keeping good data and the number of these children that had been treated there were on the autism spectrum and that was alarming and they ruled that under 16 children are not cognitively uh, capable of giving that kind of informed consent. Just last week there was sort of a revision of that saying that parents could consent on behalf of their troubled children um, and so but it is an important case because we see finally some judicial scrutiny of this experimental medicine, if you can even call it medicine. And that's just to sort of tag on with what I was just saying a moment ago about the Rob Huglin case. This is so insidious because those who are doing this and are proponents of this kind of medical intervention, this experimentation on children, are claiming that this is based in science when it flies in the face of science. And so the gaslighting, this make this belief, what they're doing is just making you think you're crazy for not believing in it. There's no scientific evidence that this works. The human body is male and female. It's one of the most basic facts of our being. And they try to make the public believe that they're crazy and, you know, hate science while they're doing something that is manifestly unscientific. Right. And the, the number of children that have been, this has been, uh, the kids are being indoctrinated and propagandized in schools and in the media. Oh, huge. And uh, then they go on and adopt these, these, uh, uh, ideas, which is really often just an adjustment to adolescence, but this is like For sure. with, without without any other framework. And many kids today right. are, have no um, Christian moral framework, and so they right. are just left to to look at endless right. YouTube videos. And we have this right. this phrase, the rapid onset gender dysphoria, that was adopted. Mm -hmm. So basically, socially uh, influenced peers uh, in many girls. Mm -hmm. So because the number yeah. of young people and this has exploded. Just give us about 30 yeah. seconds before we have a break and tell me your response to that. Well, it's absolutely true. And it, it is a peer contagion in many, in many ways. And the schools are actively facilitating all of this. It, it really is a disgrace. And I mean, I can't tell you, yes, teenage girls now are the predominant demographic, whereas gender dysphoria in the traditional sense was once a vanishingly rare condition seen almost exclusively in young boys. Now it has become all the rage, especially because social media is driving this. Let me just also say, too, that uh, there was a study that was released with regard to the Tavistock Clinic in England where they followed the cohort of, I think it was 44 children that did go on to the puberty blockers. And of those 44, 
43 went on to cross sex hormones. So people yeah, like to say, oh, right. well, if you go on these blockers, they're just a pause button. You can yeah, go right. off it if you change your mind. Like, this is part of a medicalized prescribed pathway. And right. almost everyone continues on if you start. And so this right. whole idea that this is just buying kids more time is complete it's- nonsense. We are talking with Brandon Showalter, and we will continue this conversation about the harm of the gender mutilation of children when we return here on Mission America Radio. Stay with us. We will continue to give you more updates and information when we come back. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. Do you believe that anyone is ever born in the wrong sex body? Many of our kids are adopting that idea because it is being sold and packaged to them. And the LGBTQ agenda continues to put that out there. And our kids are suffering. And one of the big ways that they are suffering is by deciding that the normal um, or even sometimes uh, uh, troubled adolescent road is solved by adopting an opposite sex identity. Our guest today is Brandon Showalter, and he's a very well-esteemed writer at the Christian Post. You can find him at christianpost.com, and he's uh, covered this issue a lot. So Brandon, uh, you know, let's just revisit the whole issue of the... uh, puberty blockers and opposite sex hormones given to children. Um, What kind of effect does this have on the young body? Well, what the puberty blocker does and what they use is that there's a whole cocktail from what I've understood. Um, It depends on if you're a boy or a girl, but um, one of the drugs is Lupron. Uh, It's a drug that's been used in sex offenders, and it's uh, also a prostate cancer drug. Women have taken it for endometriosis, but it halts the pubertal signals in the brain, uh, the hypothalamus, when it stimulates the when puberty is supposed to begin to set that in motion. And what that does, it blocks those signals. And um, it's sometimes if kids have a condition called precocious puberty, it will, like where they go into puberty way too early, they'll they'll use a blocker in order to delay it to the proper age because you don't want very young kids. We're talking four, five, six year olds to be enduring sort of hormonal drives that they're not prepared to handle. And so they'll delay it until a proper age. And that's got a clinical sort of body of work. It's still controversial. But what these drugs are being used is to block normal puberty in otherwise physically healthy children. And so the effects of that, um, <laughs> it stunts your bone growth. That's one thing that it does. It takes calcium out of the bones. And it's you don't... <laughs> really get that later. And if you continue on to cross-sex hormones and you just continue on with this pathway that I was describing before the break, you'll have very brittle, a very brittle skeleton and possibly osteoporosis much sooner than any normal person would. I mean, can you imagine having osteoporosis? That's the condition people get in their 80s when you're in your 30s or 40s. I mean, that's just one thing. It also compromises your endocrine system and your fertility. Um, we're sterilizing young people. I mean, yes. America, America has a history of medical scandals, unfortunately, where people were experimented on and they had their you know, fertility and the fruits thereof stolen from them. And I would just say to your listeners that 
you know, unless you're trying to target cancer or something, it does not magically become, you know, magically become medically ethical to sterilize the human body if it's just wrapped in a rainbow flag. Um, there are also cardiovascular risks, risks to the liver and to the kidneys, and there's a whole host of medical complications that are quite horrible when you introduce um, hormonal agents that you wouldn't ordinarily need for a psychological condition. Uh, and I just add, too, that the use of these blockers for this purpose has never been approved by the FDA and are prescribed off-label. And the other issue, well, yeah, all that's horrific enough, but there are some other issues as well uh, that there is evidence that this delays um, uh, mental uh, uh, cognitive abilities and so that you end up with people with a lower IQ. And um, also it, you know, ironically, this whole thing is wrapped in the issue of gender, but also sexuality. It often right. inhibits uh, actual sexual function, so the, the person can That's never right. really enjoy sexual function when they get to that point. That's right. I mean, we're just destroying their ability to have a meaningful sexual relationship, and they can't enjoy sexual intimacy. What a terrible thing to steal from someone, not to mention their ability to reproduce. Right. And so the other thing is that we're assuming that children who, uh, you know, express these desires are doing so and should be validated when children express all kinds of other desires, as we well know, that are not validated because of maturity. So the whole thing is just is basically fables and mythology wrapped up in each other. And the medical community is going along with this. That is the tragic uh, scandal that is that is going to explode don't you think this is going to come out at some point brandon i i I certainly hope so um but what we can't underestimate is the amount of propaganda and brainwashing that has been happening uh i do think there are people waking up to a greater degree um and i think it is important when people talk about this issue to refer to it in terms of a medical scandal maybe not so much lgbtq even though a lot of those groups are pushing it but a lot of people, whether they're on the left or the right, care about medical ethics. And medical ethics, when it comes to this issue especially, has gone completely out the window. Now, I want to, before we run out of time, I want to ask you to cover a really positive piece of news, the 11th Circuit, in which covers uh, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, made a wonderful decision last late last fall about the uh, ban right. on therapy for same-sex attraction and for um, being, have been getting therapy for gender confusion. Tell us about that. Right. Two to one decision, and I would just note that the two judges that ruled, um, as they did, both Trump appointed uh, women judges, uh, note that you know therapy or people who are for whatever reason presenting with unwanted you know, same-sex attraction or gender confusion, that the state that the government cannot insert itself into the therapy room, that free speech, you cannot limit the speech of a therapist, particularly if the therapy was only talk therapy. Uh, You know, as well as I do, Linda, that oftentimes when the mainstream media, uh, quote unquote, mainstream media about conversion therapy, they're making it sound like Christians are electrocuting homosexuals or torturing them or some kind of phrase that has been illegal for decades. But with this, anybody who is uncomfortable and on their own volition wants to speak with a counselor, a licensed counselor about, you know, discomfort with sexual feelings or gender confusion is they're saying that that is absolutely a constitutionally protected uh, freedom. 
and uh, whether or not it will be uh, go to the court, I don't know, but a very strong ruling from an appellate court. And that is so encouraging because the push to do this is even in the national level, we're going we're gonna to see the Democrat-controlled Congress uh, try to push uh, a na- national bill through. Now, they may be slowed down. I hope they are by this 11th Circuit decision. We have been talking today with Brandon Showalter, who is a writer for the Christian Post, and he covers the gender confusion, gender mutilation issue, as we would call it, um, very, very thoroughly. Brandon, uh, people can find you at the Christian Post anywhere else, dot com, anywhere else. I've got the Life in the Kingdom podcast, but that is also the Christian Post. But yes, that's where I'm exclusively writing. Thank you so much for what you're doing. I ask my listeners to pray for your work and to pray for this issue and these kids. And if you see anything that concerns you in schools, uh, in the in the newspaper, in the media, speak out. The only way we're going to come against this, folks, is to speak out and tell the truth. And just remember when you do so at all times that with God, all things, friends, are still possible. All things are still possible. Have a great day.